Hey guys, this is Dwayne Perkins, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. You know it. You're listening to KU Radio's only podcast, Old Ute Radio. And it hurts so good. I thought you left a long time ago, Mr. Johnny McKean. <laughs> I, I I thought so as well, honestly. <laughs> it feels weird being back. It's beautiful to see you here at OU Radio at the University of Utah. I noticed uh, you didn't give me a countdown. You kind of just threw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> oh, man. It, it feels good to be back in the studio. I, I, I miss radio all the time. It's I, a deep pleasure to have you back, good sir. Yeah, it, it feels good to be back. It is. Yeah. It's always a good thing. And then the best thing is, I have a mic, so I don't have to look at you anymore. Yeah, this is weird. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel so different. I feel so alien. <laughs> so the beautiful, the brilliant Rebecca is on vacation in South Dakota, eating Mexican food. So she will be back in studio next Tuesday. In so far as Tuesday goes for today. We have one of the most brilliant young hip-hop minds in the world from New York City coming in. Yeah. Tariq Trotter, he... I discovered Tariq about uh, almost two years ago, and I was just blown away. I was just floored at his flow, his ability, his vulnerability, and I'm honestly... I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I'm a little nervous, like, to interview him. Well, it's a good thing you have a good host here, sir. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Sometimes I forget to turn on buttons. I forget to push record. You never know. So, so. it's business as usual at yes, Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Sasha. It feels weird being back. It really does. It's been... How long has it been since I've been here? It's been a while. Your last show was episode 48. We're at 84 now. Oh, my goodness. And I know your math is just math. My math is not even close to that level. So somewhere around six, seven months ago? Wow, yeah. That sounds about right. Right yeah. about there? Eight months ago? Yeah. Yeah, that feels... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it feels, it yeah, feels good to be back. I mean, I, I, KE Radio will always be a part of me, you know? It should. Like, I definitely... I got, I got a good start here. And for those of you listening... Definitely, I cannot encourage you enough to sign up for Old Ute Radio or uh, for KU Radio. It's an incredible experience where you get to work with very talented people and get to create and just do cool things. Well, the way I'm burning through co-hosts, we might need you here at Old Ute Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if my schedule clears up, you know. <laughs> oh, Sasha. Good luck of that happening, right? Yeah. So, Sasha, what have uh, what have you been up to? I hurt my elbow. You hurt <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let, let's hear this. Uh, so I was working last Saturday. You remember uh, Simon Curley? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm working with him over at Clear Channel. And for any of you who don't remember him, he was a DJ here at KU around a year and a half, two years ago. 
and he's full of energy, just like he's skinny as a bean. Yeah. He's just one of those kids that at six in the morning at midnight, he's always 100 miles an hour. Yeah, totally. And so every time he sees me, he goes on a full running sprint and like jumps into me. Yeah. And like thinks I'm going to catch him <laughs> or he's going to bounce off of me. Wow. And so he did that. And I kind of grabbed him with my left arm, which is surgically repaired. Yeah. And I didn't hyperextend my elbow, but I strained something in my yeah. elbow. And it doesn't quite hurt, but if it gets hurt, I'm not going to be able to work the whole year. Yeah. And so, like, in my dumb head, I'm completely freaked out that I have an arm injury. Ah, you'll be fine. I know, right? You'll be (laughs) fine. You know, I broke my thumb once and I popped it back into place. You'll be fine. I tore a ligament in my thumb, too. Uh, That really hurt. Yeah. It's not fun. No, injuries stink. No, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where my life comes down to is, like, Oh my gosh, if I get hurt, I am homeless. Like, Seriously? Yeah, everything I do is, you know, hard work. Yeah. I don't have a desk job. That is true. I never thought of it that way. My only desk job is doing stuff for OU Radio. You're like a pro athlete. Like, like just trying not to blow out that knee. <laughs> just trying to get those benefits, man. <laughs> two, two, three more years in the league and I get that money. I get that money. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get concussion tests. That's so ridiculous. Oh, I wish I were a professional wrestler. Yeah? That'd be my dream job. What, what, what would your name be? <laughs> what would my name be? Would you, okay, would, would you be like a good guy or a bad guy? Let's start there. Oh, I'd be a total heel. You'd be a heel? Like now, a, for the, the listeners who don't know what that is, what is a heel? You have heels and baby faces. Hulk Hogan, John Cena are a baby face. They're the good guy that the crowd roots for. The heel is a CM Punk, a Brock Lesnar, an Iron Sheik. Where, where's The Rock fit in in all this? Now that he's uh, one of the most successful movie stars in the world, a $20 million movie guy, he's a babyface because oh. he's too popular to be bad. Yeah. But when he was Hollywood Rock, he was a heel. Yeah. Right? Okay. I think a manager's more suiting. Like, you know, I could get suspenders, grow up my beard a bit. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Would, would you interact in the fights? Like, would you hand, like, your wrestler, like, like uh, a broken bottle or something? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I would, like, all my wrestlers, like, my, my stable of wrestlers would be, like, masters at kendo sticks. Yeah. Steel chairs. <laughs> You're training them? Yeah. And all my women in my stable would be from, like, strip joints. But they'd be, like, 40. And <laughs> blown out. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like on their way out. Yeah, but even strip clubs are like, uh, you might want- <laughs> have you thought about waitressing? Have you thought about it? I know D's is hiring. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know if we could pay you. Like you're taking up stage space. <laughs> oh man. So okay. So I, in my head, I got you imagined you're wearing suspenders like Larry King. Yes. You're in some giant facility. Yes. You've got like a team of bad guys. Yes. I'd probably be more lumberjack. Like, lumberjack suspenders like i'd have like wolf cargo fatigues from like 1940 world world war ii style i'd have like flannel like checkered flannel big old thick suspenders so that i could take them off and my guy could choke the baby face with them what would you always be chewing like tobacco or something or probably a cane pipe cane a cane <laughs> wait what is a cane pipe like, like a, a like a corn pipe, I oh, guess okay. is what I should have said. Yeah, I was thinking like a Sherlock Holmes pipe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'd be a bit of a racist, but yeah. not so much toward any ethnicity, just towards successful peace people. 
I don't understand how that would work. So wait, oh, so you would have issue with like, like successful, like wrestlers. Like, like you would have issue with The Rock because he's rich and famous. Yes. Not because he's what is he Polynesian black? I yeah, can't remember. He's Polynesian and black. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that makes sense. So you you'd be classist maybe would be. Absolutely. So wait, would you be like campaigning for the working man, or would you be more like? See, all my wrestlers would be out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you could do this now, honestly. <laughs> I want the six foot seven guy from Alabama that drinks a case of beer a night and eats pizza. Well, like nothing a else. like a tight end with a busted knee, like like something like that, like a like a like like just a big like beefy. No, I want the guy that used to beat up the head quarterback and the lineman, but wouldn't participate in athlete <laughs> athletics because he was too good and too cool. Yeah, and he had to like haul wood. After after school, stuff like that. Yeah, because he got beat by his dad. Like, yeah. I want that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he got, like, burns on his arm. This is why you don't spill paint in the garage. <laughs> okay, okay. You're, you're, like, you're like, instead of the people's champ, you're, like, the working class champion. Yes. Yes, uh, I'll take that. The blue-collared kid. Yeah, the blue-collared kid. I like that. <laughs> Sasha Bloom, the blue-collared kid. Okay. See, I was actually kind of annoyed at you last night because yeah. for the listeners and audience and the people that hate us, Johnny's one of my best friends. And yep. even though he left the show a while ago to focus on life, we still talked. I don't know. We never talked less than once a week. Yeah. You know, and so you were talking to me and you called me during wrestling. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, earn it and then when i hung up the phone with you i had another phone call yeah and i ended up missing an hour and 45 minutes of raw and i have it dvr'd so yeah. the logical person would have thought oh he can just go back and, and rewind it from it. dvr no i just continued oh uh, so now you can't even watch it because you know exactly what's going to happen like like coming in the middle of a football game even though you dvr'd it is it that kind of feeling i completely sabotaged myself with wrestling because they have these things on the internet called the dirt sheets oh yeah where there's like lordsofpain.net is a wrestling site and they give away all the spoilers like mm. throughout the week and all the news and so i i literally like tune into that thing eight times a day yeah so i already know exactly what's going to happen on raw before it has so i completely wait, wait how do they spoil it oh because it's pre-taped or because they work? have ends with the writers like they'll, they'll like writers will get fired and then be disgruntled with Vince. is this McMahon. like a gossip rag like is this like like yeah really a gossip rag for wrestling it, lords of pain.net okay i'll check that it's out beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and like every like there is never sources quoted like Breaking news, and it's like 28 words, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because there's no journalism. Like yeah. it's all bogus. Yeah. But it's fantastic. Like. So wait, so this, so you're watching Raw last night. You're an hour in it. How long is it? Three hours. Three hours. So it's three hours. You are an hour and 45 in. You've missed that much, but you already know what's going to happen because of these blogs. Yeah, like I knew who the main event was. I knew who was gonna it's very predictable their writing is so neutered and poor and i've basically known who's gonna win any pay-per-view before the night starts because yeah. it's so predictable yeah i mean john cena is a 15-time world heavyweight champion yeah, but he's john cena yeah but rick flair is a 16-time world heavyweight champion yeah in wrestling and he's been doing it 40 years john cena's been doing it 10 years so really if you take it from the Ric Flair level like Hulk Hogan's a six-time champion like it's not yeah. like, so they've this isn't something that they should be giving out but they are is that what you're saying yeah 
Yeah. And he's on the box of Fruity Pebbles. And I'm like, hey, you have a problem with that. <laughs> oh, Fruity Pebbles. I don't know. I like John Cena. He's good in movies. You know, The Marine was kind of cool. I watched it. I liked it. He did He did some movie about wrestling, like like high school wrestling, where he trains as, like, uh, what's that term? Estranged little brother. That was a cool one. It's called, like, Unbeatable or something. Well, it was a little weird. Like, he lived in the woods. <laughs> like, it's a little weird, but it was his brother. <laughs> the ring's in a barn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. So who are your favorite wrestlers? Of all time? Yeah. Uh, Taz. Yeah. He was with ECW. Okay. And he was the human suplex machine, so 90% of his moves were suplexes. Yeah. But... Back then, the goal was to drive them onto their, onto their neck, mm-hmm. so it, you weren't landing on your shoulders. The burden of the fall was your skull. Oh wow! Yeah, right. That's it, pretty brutal. And so the way you counter, you took the weight off your neck was the way you used your hips and your legs to k- roll out of it. Like it's a whole judo thing. And he was brutal. Like he broke a couple of guys' necks. Like he, for real? Yeah. Like, he was a badass. Like, not wrestling real, but real real? Like, yeah. in real life? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, no, it was a real violent sport back then. Like, Rob Van Dam, like, he would put someone sitting down in the turnbuckle corner, put a chair on their face, get on the top rope on the other side, and then kick him in the face with the chair. And, like, people's faces would just explode. Right? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, there's matches in Japan called Japanese Deathmatch. And they would put C4 on the outside. No. The little charged C4s, and they'd put uh, a thin piece of wood over it, and you'd get thrown over, land on the wood, it would ignite it, and then they'd just boom. And, like, their backs would be all, like, blacked and scarred and stuff. And, like, it's crazy. What? And, and is it, you like that? I don't watch it anymore, but when I was, like, 16 and 17, I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I watched Faces of Death when I was 16. So. Yeah. Isn't that weird, like, when you're at that age, like, that stuff doesn't even phase you? That's so strange, right? Like, so I was watching, like, bum fights and yeah, all kinds of stuff at, like, 16, and I'm just like, that's not, that's not good. No, I never got into, like, I never got into Faces of Death. I never watched suicide videos. Or, yeah. So I've been lucky on that part because I know that, there's a very large number in this world that has seen a lot Tons. of death movies. Tons. But no, now it's hard for me to watch independent wrestling because they still do spike pile drivers on the head. They don't, they don't save them. And, you know, w- with wrestling, there's a real talent to take a bump and to use your neck. And, I mean, these guys probably have better necks than most NFL linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm sure. I guarantee they probably train it mm-hmm. for sure. But no, I, I I was a big fan of Chris Benoit. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Like he had the greatest gimmick in the world. Eddie I, Guerrero. Yeah. I lie. I cheat. I steal. And it would be like to some Mexican national music, like underneath is I lie. I cheat. I steal. And it was just beautiful. Like, well, why do you like the villain? Why do you like villains? You ever wonder that? No, but I always root for the bad guy. Yeah, you always root for the <laughs> bad guy. Totally. <laughs> Maybe because I've always been an underdog. Yeah. Right? I feel you. Um, I, you know, I've never... Life's never come easy for me. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of gifts in my life. I've had a lot of people that have supported me, like my mom. But pretty much it's always just been me. Yeah. Like I'm a single dad. I'm... You know, I've never been married. Like, I have good groups of friends, but, I, you know, I work too much to hang out with them. Yeah. So 
the villain seems to me like that guy. Like, I have no friends. I'm ugly. Women hate me. Men hate me. So I'm just going to beat your ass. Yeah. And that makes me happy. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> can't believe we just did 23-minute break on wrestling. Dude, I love wrestling. You have no idea how happy I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sasha, I'm here for you. And when I say I listen, I listen. And I listen that you wanted to talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so we're introducing a new psychology segment where i analyze sasha <laughs> no nah, i'm just kidding so i guess instead of doing three hours we'll have to actually fulfill the three-hour commitment and the thursday show and then add another day and we might start cracking into me yeah totally nine hours a week yeah, yeah. i like that oh, we'll have to edit so much of it <laughs> <laughs> some secrets shouldn't come out <laughs> What time is our interview today? Our interview is at 7. Oh, so we have some time. Yeah, we have plenty of time. Tomorrow, all of you should go to the rally at the state capitol and uh, support little Cooper Van Heusen. He's in prison right now, and they're having a rally for him. And I think it's important to show the community that you know young boys, especially young boys, need to be rehabilitated and not thrown to prison. Yeah, it, thrown to the wolves. It's a troubling case for me because, you know, I talked about this last week when Steve was in, but it, you know, had circumstances not worked out for me, I could have been in prison. I know so many men who have great lives that could have gone to prison had they had an unmerciless judge in their life. Yeah, totally. And I don't condone what Cooper did, but he deserves a chance to, to possibly have a life in the next 10 years and going to prison as a 16 year old boy, I'm not sure he's going to get there. So. It starts at 8 o'clock. It's going to go till roughly about 10.30. If you don't live in Salt Lake and you live in Ogden or up by Ogden, they'll be regrouping um, at the 2nd District Courthouse at 2 o'clock to 5 p.m. I know his parents will be there. I think there will be some other speakers there. And the goal is, you know, they're getting ready. The judge is getting to make a decision on Cooper's future, maybe re- sentence him maybe put him in the juvie system there's a lot of politics going into this case so you know i urge all of you to go i'll be there at eight o'clock so maybe you can join me what what perturbs me most about this whole situation is the fact that it sets a legal precedent you know we now have like a case where a judge ruled that it's okay to send a kid to like the most harshest place possible in utah you know Yes. So he's out of Draper Prison. Oh, okay. He's up in Vernal right now. Is that better or worse? I don't really know my prisons it's that well. Me neither. It's like studying spiders. It's like I don't want to get scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't want to scare myself too bad. Uh, do you want a gaboon viper or a brown <laughs> viper? <right? laughs> yeah. It's still a viper. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it will still rip my toe off. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. I'm not exactly sure what Vernal is, but I think it's still a men's prison. It's not a juvenile detention center. I don't think the criminal is the same up in Vernal as it is in Draper. Yeah. I don't know if he's... Because I know in Draper, because of his age, he was on a 23-hour-a-day program where he was in solitary solitary confinement for 23 hours as a 16-year-old boy. And, I mean, this kid wasn't me at 16 years old. At 16, you know, I was benching 245, 250, running... You know, I had shoulders, and this kid is the complete opposite of me. He's a very tiny, frail boy. Yeah. And so, you know, his father met with, you know, the sheriff, the head of the sheriff department, and was like, look, 
you got to protect my kid. Like, you can't put him with grown men. So they moved him up there. I will be interviewing uh, Cooper's father tomorrow again. Then we'll do a short update. We'll throw it on the website. And we'll find out exactly. We'll go over that situation again for you. Yeah, when I when I was 16, I was 185 pounds with an afro and, like, a fake silver chain. Was this in your pretty boy thug days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pop collar, pink polo that I got from Goodwill. And, yeah, wearing rocking Timberland boots. Anyone in Sacktown that might be listening in the future on the podcast, if you have any audio of pretty boy thug, I will get a Kickstarter foundation and get you $3,500 for this track. <laughs> I will play it. I'll quit talking. And every time I have a word to say, I'll play Pretty Boy Thugs. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see. I know my friend Chris, we recorded a couple things. I'll see if he still has it. Maybe I can find it. Yeah, but. I've got one. Oh, I've got one. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Old Radio at its finest. Boo journalism struck again. <laughs> Feels good to be back. <laughs> All is right in the world. <laughs> <laughs> So you really think that your friend might have this? Because I know, like, you'll agree to do stuff, but you don't always follow through. Uh, sometimes I just forget. It's not really an intentional thing, but he may have it. He may not. I don't know. I have to even find his number. So what year would this have been? Uh, 2003, 2004. So it's either on a floppy disk or possibly an optical drive like a CD player. I mean, this is old technology. Oh, uh, yeah. What did he have? He had a microphone that he plugged into his computer, and he recorded on that. And then we'd use, like, Fruity Loops. I believe it was Fruity Loops back then, yeah. (laughs) Fruity Loops is a good program. What are you talking about? It's delicious. It's delicious. (laughs) It's fruity, and it's got loops. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. I I think that's hysterical, actually, that... Pretty Boy Thugs was doing their editing on Fruity Loops. Hey, man, you got to do what you got with what you get. We would almost probably have to take this to the Marriott Library at the U because 2003, there's almost no computer that can adapt to that old technology. This is why I'm highly skeptical he probably has it. Yes. Yeah, it might be lost forever. Hmm. I may have to hook up with, like, New School and record something, maybe. They broke up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shame. Who got the kids? What about the dog they adopted? <laughs> who who got that dog? So they recorded a song for the women's basketball team. It's like their song. It's yeah. it's called Break It or it's on my computer. I don't know if we want to play it, but one of the guys I work with at Clear Channel is a member of New New Chul, as Rebecca says. <laughs> and so it astounded me at like how seriously they were taking it. I think as an artist, it's important to take pride in your work. I mean, a lot of effort probably went into that. Whoa, tons of effort. Yeah. I mean, their videos are actually shot pretty well. Yeah, I like their videos. And Zach is really talented. Zach is super talented. Like, he's good. he's a smooth rapper. Yeah. And he's got a nice little flow. He's got some skills. He's got a nice little flow with it. Some rhymes. Yeah. But so, yeah, they broke up over creative differences. Uh, yeah, that always happens with bands. A lot of it had to do with auto-tuning oh really some people they wanted more less oh. and some people wouldn't budge away from it is auto-tuning still a thing do people still do that in songs i feel like i haven't heard a song with auto-tuning in a while but then again i don't really listen to the mainstream stuff i kind of listen to more underground stuff like Tariq. yeah do you have a song on that play uh weatherman 
There we go. Yeah. So he'll be on at seven. Yeah. He's got a great voice. He's, yeah. He's a good-looking guy. He's clean, which is a weird thing. Yeah. So I still don't understand in hip hop why it's so competitive. Like it's always like I don't understand why you're not as good as me or why I'm better than you. Even with him, he still kind of has some of that. Uh, it's hip hop. It's like they're like verbal pugilists. Like that's how they fight. That's how they battle. That's how they establish their dominance. That's how they they show who they are. It is that. It's it's. It's like it's like almost like an advanced form of debate. You know what I mean? I'm bored of it. Yeah. We've been doing it for 30 years. Like the machismo of it? Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think about the correlation between hip hop, the battle rap and black on black violence? Cuz it's in Chicago it's it's an epidemic. Keith McDonald disagrees. But it's so disproportional to the Latino and white populations. And if you go into boroughs in New York and boroughs in L.A., the the black on black, there's got to be, and it might not just be black, it might be generational poverty, generational drug addiction communities. Because that, that those, the poverty and the drugs hit all socioeconomics and all races. But I think... I think it's a, almost like a chicken and an egg kind of scenario. I believe that, I think it's an hip hop and the battles, I feel like that is an outlet to avoid violence, if anything. I definitely don't think it perpetuates it. But if you're constantly talking about how I'm going to beat you up, how I'm going to kill you, how I'm going to take your wife, how I'm going to take your girl, how I'm going to floss and bang and this and that, it might not be a physical violence, but it still breeds an intellectual violence that still fills your body with anger and, I believe, hate. Yeah, but, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with the wrestling thing. Like, Oh, I totally, de- I totally agree on wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting. Well, like, our culture pays attention to violence. Why do you think? Why do we think? I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe it's an evolutionary thing. Maybe it's just... I think like, it's directly tied to capitalism. Yeah. Because we're taught to take. Like yeah. capitalism is, a, you're an economic ma- miner. Capitalism is designed to take someone's pocket. Kind of. I think that's more of an implication of capitalism. Like I wouldn't say it's designed for that. Um, so it, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett aren't going to have this type of wealth they have unless there's someone on the bottom that has zero wealth. Yes. Or a very large prison population or a slave population. It's like a pyramid, yeah. It's like it's just like building the pyramids. Yes, and so you, know? you have to fight to the top. Yeah. Which is going to inherently breed violence, right? Well, I don't know. I think are we still talking about hip hop or is this like are we talking about like life? Like what are we talking about here? I, I think that hip hop the, the emphasis on violence in hip hop is just part of a way of venting frustrations and also to Kind of, you have to make a name for yourself. You know, like, there's no one, like, not everyone can be a rapper. You know what I mean? Just because they're good at it. Like, you have to fight. You have to 
work your way in. And that's really why I like Tariq so much because the dude is hungry. And you can hear it in all his beats. He's so hungry. He's just he's just itching, just raring to go. And it's it's so it translates so well into his art. Like it it it's 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 beautiful, man. It's 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 incredible. So fifteen years ago, would he be a boot camp click guy? Would he be a Sean Puffy Combs guy? Because almost no one gets signed now. And being signed now is almost more of a deterrent to making money than making money. I mean, uh, Living Legends and Immortal Technique and Twista, to some extent, are prime yeah. examples of people that have said, no, not going corporate. I'm going to do my uh, Master P, perfect example, yeah. of selling tapes out of your trunk, out of your small concert venue, saving your money, and doing it yourself. Yeah. I wonder, how, and maybe we'll get the privilege to ask him that question of, is there an advantage of signing, of being a labeled guy? Yeah, I'm sure you got the backers, you got radio backers, you got people paying to get radio play. It's always an advantage. I mean, it's it's it's, it's basically having an agent and not having an agent. It's a very big difference. Hmm. You got someone to go to bat with you. You've got someone to micromanage your interactions with, like you know, the studios or you know, who like whatever show you're on, whatever talk show. So it's important because like a good manager. A really good manager, in my opinion, will will be the one to take the hit for you. Like if you don't say like say he's booked for like a gig, I, I don't want to use him. I'll just say an artist is booked for a gig, right? And uh, yes, I have one next week. There's like, <laughs> and there's like major issues that the artist cannot like perform under the circumstances. Like they don't have the mics he need, they don't have the setup. They're dehydrated. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the, you know his food platter's not there. Like his glass bottles of Coke, you know. He, <laughs> the manager would be the one to go in and complain and deal with that. And also the manager would be the one to go in and talk to them if the artist had to cancel or something. Like it's important. Like you need a manager that's willing to go to bat for you. It's just another person on your team. So, I mean, I'm sure there are advantages to being unsigned. I mean, but, you, you know. need the guy that knows producers and directors in Clear Channel and Simmons Media. Yeah. You know, and Viacom and all those types of places, right? Yeah, and someone who's kind of been through it before. You know, you definitely you want a manager who's been around the block a couple times so they could tell you what to avoid. Certain mistakes, certain pitfalls, mm-hmm. certain trappings, you know. Not letting the money get to your head, showing you, hey, man, you should be saving your money. See, that's when it stops being fun and becomes a job, right? I don't know. I guess. I'm not at that point yet. I, I, get I to can, work. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. and oh, I'm tired. I'm very tired. Tired of what? Just, just tired of being tired, I guess. Well, change it. I'm I'm working on it. How are you working on it? Uh, I'm getting smarter. DDP yoga, sir. Working smarter, not working harder, working smarter. Trying to be more efficient. That's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Is it true you were doing yoga? What? I heard that you were doing yoga. Who said I was doing yoga? I thought you told me that you were doing yoga. No. No? I, lo- I love yoga. There's no, absolutely nothing wrong with yoga. I just, I'm not doing it. Are you doing any physical activities? Are you? Uh, I've been running at Liberty Park. How's that? I like it. Uh, it's very quiet. It's very serene. It's very beautiful. I love Liberty Park. I think it's one of those gorgeous places. Do you do the full lap around? Yeah. How many laps? I usually do about like, f- between four and six. You take your breaks looking at ducks at the pond. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Talking yeah. to the grandmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Gladys, how's it going? <laughs> what book are you reading today? <laughs> Miss Isaacson, I think you should supervise Johnny Boy. <laughs> I like them how I like them. <laughs> Old and in the way. <laughs> I am uh, was excited for your program you did with Chris Hollyfield of I Am Salt Lake. Yeah, you're excited? 
I was excited that you did well. I was excited that you didn't throw me under the bus. I would never. I was excited that... Because, see, I didn't learn anything new that I haven't learned from OU Radio back in the day. Yeah. But it was really neat for you to combine that 160 hours of radio into one concise hour and 15 minutes. It's taken me a long time to do that. Like, to be able to understand who I am and where I am, uh, that's been something I've fought for for, like, at least the past year, for sure. Did you have a good time uh, with Chris? Yeah, I had a great time. Chris and I, I really like Chris. I think we're starting to become friends. I, Yeah, I talked to him for a long time. We talked for like four hours. It was great. He gave you more audio time than he gives a lot of people. You know, if you just go and most of the shows are 45 minutes at max, and you went almost an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I, was, I was pleased with the story structure. I was able to stay on the narrative. Like, I was able to kind of give like a very concise biography and i was able to give you kind of like a snap a snap 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 a snap shot of like who i am so i i was very pleased with that you wrote out a timeline and all that uh no i didn't that's the thing like it's just kind of like because i've been writing for so long the story structure is always kind of in the back of my head and i didn't necessarily do it on purpose that's kind of why i brought it up like it was kind of more of just like how i've been writing for so long it kind of came out and i thought that was kind of cool any, like, it's a muscle now. Any addendums that you would have had on what you said? Are there any things you oh, yeah. wish you would have said? Oh, tons, tons. So my mom, she listened. She, of course. And she uh, she called me up yelling at me. Oh, really? Very upset. About what you said about your sister? No, about you don't pick sugar cane, you cut it. So oh. she was very upset about that. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, my <laughs> I was very wrong with... <laughs> portraying <laughs> working in a field yeah you cut sugar cane you don't pick it you know how thick cane sugar is no i'm not the one that was cutting it my mom does dude it's literally like bamboo but the inside's full of sugar yeah you have to saw through it yeah and you said pick yeah yeah i would have slapped you too yeah and then um <laughs> uh, she didn't like my stance on audiobooks She's a huge proponent of audiobooks. She's a huge proponent of Alexander Dumas, who was a half-black, half-white writer. He wrote Three Musketeers. That's Alexander Count Dumas, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she's a huge proponent of him and his work. She says you have to listen to Alexander Dumas on audiobook. You can't read it because you don't know how to pronounce all the French words and stuff. Yes. And also it's just so beautifully well done. Like she knows like all of the author like all of the people talking like by name. She's like and and David did a really good job with the Count of Monte Cristo. That's not at all how my my mom sounds. That was like very that was like the white version of my mom. I can't I can't do an impression of my mom. But um she was like, "Yeah, like David did such a good job with, you know, like pronouncing the names and doing that." So she was pissed. She she like chewed me out for a good I don't know, like 10 15 minutes just it's on audiobooks. So I would say Stephen Jay Gould. He was a, the head paleoanthropologist for Harvard. He died yeah. of a brain tumor. Some of the greatest work, uh, like the Measures of Man, the Panda's Thumb. Mm -hmm. He's a scientist, but he can actually talk and relate to a human. He wrote in like the, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's better. Really? He's, Ooh. he's smarter. Too. Shots fired. Well, see, they're different. One's a physicist, an astro, a theoretical physicist. One's a uh, paleoanthropologist so the physicist deals in ideas and paradigms the paleoanthropologist studies um, 137 different types of muscles and clams and 
snails before he makes a decision on a bird. Yeah. Like, oh, this bird lives on the Apopelagus Op- Islands because of this clam. Where does this clam from? And then that's how you build a history oh, of the cool. world. Smart. And he loves That's it. a great way to look at things, too. Like, like that, that, that process for research is a beautiful way. Like, if you just look at what causes what instead of how what affects things, like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful research method. And so each one of his books is combined of 30 essays because he wrote for the Natural History magazine or whatever it was for yeah. his entire career. And so there's one where he creates a parallelism <laughs> between human babies, human old, old, or very old people, people plus 75, and Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And how Mickey Mouse identifies with the infant and the old, old person because of the way it's drawn, because of its symmetry really? and the facial structure and the, the distance between the eyes and the peaks of the smile on Mickey Mouse. Very brilliant stuff. And he doesn't do the voiceovers, but they have that old guy that was the best in the world doing it. And whether you're doing dishes, yard work, driving, you know, it's not it's not to make love to your 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 friend with. But outside <laughs> of that, friend? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're PC here at Will uh, yeah. Radio. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just your friend. It's not friend love making music. <laughs> it's not friendship love making music. It's not. It's not audio to make. Yeah, love it's not to. for something that's casual. You know, it's not a friends with benefits kind of track. Like you want to play that for that. Maybe I would play like some Jason Derulo or something, but. <laughs> But uh, good work to you, Chris Holyfield. I I loved your enthusiasm and your energy on that show. And uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, and thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me on, man. Uh, It's it's been great. Oh, also, before I forget, there's one more addendum. Okay. Uh, When Chris asked me for favorite restaurants, I forgot to mention. Yeah, you sucked at that. Well, I forgot to mention one of my favorites. The Lazy Day Cafe in Holiday has the world's greatest lemon pancake. Lemon pan, lemon pancake, Ugh. lemon pancake. It's delicious. It is like it's like a like a lemon bar, but it's a pancake. It's incredible. It's two fifty per pancake, but they're super rich. Uh, they have a homemade syrup with like brown sugar. It's so good. So the best pancake recipe in the world is by Elton Brown of the Cooking Network. Go to foodnetwork.com, pancake Elton Brown. Start making your own. Yeah. Because it's worth it. Like, you separate the egg and the yolk. Yeah. Like, you have to put them in at certain ways. Really? So that they aerate better. Oh, yeah. Because have you had Kodiak cakes? I hate pancakes. I hate scones. I will eat the Elton Brown <laughs> pancake. I hate scones. I love how you brought scones <laughs> and scones. Like, scones oh, and pancakes. Scones are Croissants, the, I don't like. Scones are the Muffins, French brand muffins, pancake. mini muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> I don't like scones. <laughs> I hate scones. <laughs> what? I don't like scones. Uh, yeah, so I'm not a big pancake guy either, but I've had Kodiak cakes. They're whole wheat pancakes, yeah. and they've got like a ton of protein. They're like they're like flapjacks the way like lumberjacks would eat back but in the day. You're still putting the maple syrup on it, which defeats. I the do milk. sugar-free, just because like oh. real maple syrup makes me sick. 
See, you should reduce like strawberries. Well, I have that too. I have I have a strawberry, a rhubarb cherry strawberry preserve that I get from Costco. I put that on too. It's really good. Did you know if you go to your local store and get a stalk of rhubarb and eat it, you'll get sick and possibly die? A, a stalk of rhubarb? So rhubarb. Yeah, if you eat too many bananas, you'll die too. What's your point? But no, no, you won't. Yeah, you will. Potassium. You get overdose on potassium. Yeah, if you ate like a whole bushel of bananas, you get really sick. If you ate like I'm trying to remember. What was the matter? My mom told me this once. I think it's like half a bushel. I don't know. I'm talking out oh, my sure. butt. But like half of So a if you're making a banana milkshake and you pop five bananas in there, you could... Uh, you could get sick, yeah. You know, it, so yeah, rhubarb, you've got to boil it. You've got to cook it to get the toxins out. Yeah. Beets. Everyone loves to beet. Sarah loves beets. I don't get Or it. everyone loves to juice. They say that if you juice a whole beet and drink it, you can have a heart attack. Like, it's a very high probability that a human will Probably. from the sugar. Why would you ever juice a whole beet? Because people think... Why would you put beet? Who's putting beets? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what is this hidden epidemic? What are you talking about? Who's juicing beets? Oh, a lot of these smart, healthy people that juice. You know, because there's sugar in beets. Yeah. But you can bake 25 beets and eat them... <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> Bake 25 beats. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Yes, and then we're going to pop to break here in a second because we have, we got to talk some yeah. hip-hop here. Can, can you tell I'm more ADD? Can I tell you're more ADD? I feel more ADD. You're now. more homely than you were <laughs> six months ago. I'm excited about the pregnancy and the marriage that you and Sarah are having. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sarah's not pregnant. What? What? I heard you guys are having a kid. Who, who told you that? Nice. Who is talking? Who, who is talking about? I'm doing yoga. I'm eating beets. Apparently, <laughs> I got Sarah pregnant, which did not happen. Oh, so I'm just totally misinformed. Yeah, who are you talking to? You, okay, first of all, you know me better than anyone. So if you're talking to someone else about me, they know less about me than you do. So first of all, like, yeah, you. Sh uh. Hey, I'm a journalist, sir. <laughs> Not a very good one, apparently. What are you, Perez Hilton? This is all gossip. Oh yuck! Now you make me want to throw my journal away. Oh man. So you're not a fan of Perez Hilton? Uh, I don't really know much about him, honestly. I'm not really into that whole TMZ thing. I just referenced him because I knew that's a guy who does that. <laughs> I have no real opinion of Perez Hilton. Nor should you. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that we should go to break. Here yeah, let's go to break. Thursday, we have a fantastic show oh, as well. Dude, I'm so fired up. This has been like the craziest week for guests. Like I have never been more pumped up for like the guests I got coming. Like Ron Stallworth. So he was uh, a former undercover police officer who infiltrated the KKK. He infiltrated to the point where they wanted him to become the next grandmaster of like their chapter. It's uh I just uh, want to know what type of gloves he had. Yeah. I want to get you those gloves. <laughs> and yeah, and he's a black police officer and he ha and he did all the correspondence over the phone, over the internet, all that. And then he would send in a white guy that posed as him. It's it's really it's an amazing story. Uh it's getting picked up. It's going to be adapted into a Hollywood film. They're also making a documentary about him. Yes. In Europe, that's really cool. Um uh, the book is on Amazon. It was the number 3 selling book on Amazon. It's called Black Klansman with Ron Stallworth. We'll, we'll put the links up on the blog. You'll be able to check them all out. This dude, his story is amazing. And, and, and he's an undercover cop. It's just so cool. And then after him, we have P. Rama, Patrick Ramirez. Oh, Patty. I love Patrick. Come on, Patty. <laughs> oh, do we have a new nickname for him? <laughs> Patty Rama. Yeah. 
So he'll be in from about 7.30 to close of the show. And I think he might be co-hosting the next week cool. on a Thursday. That sounds great. Oh, and we have the brilliant and beautiful and one of the good young journalists on this campus, Emily Means. What up, Em? Me. What up, Em? What up, She's Am? very funny. She's got a great laugh. She writes for the Crony. She works at Kiyut. She's got a fantastic work ethic. So yeah. we're excited to have her in, learn about her a little bit. And with that, we will be right back. What you are listening to now is Old Ute Radio here at the University of Utah. Thank you so much. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. What? What about our plan to win the lottery and start living? You know, travel the world on matching yachts, wear enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacation on the French Riviera, and then buy it. You know we're never going to win the lottery. Right? When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs, the Utah Society of CPAs, and the Ad Council. Your summer just got a whole lot better. Old Ute Radio is now streaming live two nights a week on KUteRadio.org. Listen every Tuesday and Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Or catch the podcast on demand. Yes! KU Radio wants to send you and a friend to the latest movies before they hit theaters. All summer long, we'll be giving away passes to private screenings. For a chance to win, all you have to do is listen to your favorite show, it's a summer at the movies brought to you by KUTE Internet Radio. Radio for students, by students. I'm terrified of the fall And all these lonely nights I dreamt of having it all But once it's all gone Who do we have to call? Nah, none of y'all That's for damn sure But I'm the reason for the party On the dance floor This ain't a sing-along Or a party track This is music from the heart No cardiac So listen close What I say is what I mean Cause everything you see Isn't what it seems Cause we all got dreams Of a better place But it's tough to go big When you featherweight so would you listen if I told you I was scared? And that I wish the injury never put me here? Yeah, I guess we all got a lot to learn. Cause not a day goes by that I'm not concerned. And like LeBron, I got a lot of work in front of me. I got a lot to live up to after 23. Right, cause with the gift is a curse. But before you judge, you should listen up first. Cause you know that I'm a middle class kid. And welcome back to All Ute Radio. This is Sasha Bloom with me in studio. Is Jonathan McKeon. And on the phone is the very talented, the impressively talented Tariq Trotter. Yeah, I'm really excited to have Tariq on. Uh, I'm going to just read you a little bit about him. So this is his quote. All I want to do is give to and bless those around me, to give back to those who have helped me, 
That right there is the greatest gift of all. And what started off as merely an expression of frustration has turned into a blossoming career for 24-year-old Tariq Trotter. Plagued by poverty and a lack of opportunity, Tariq's self-expectation to transcend his poor upbringing motivates the young rapper. And that's so very true. Tariq, how's it going, man? I'm great, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty damn excited, man. <laughs> that's good to hear. I'm excited, too. So, Tariq, where are you from, man? I am originally from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I lived there for most of my childhood up until I was about 15 or 16, and I moved into Queens. Uh, do you miss? Uh, um, do you prefer Queens over Brooklyn, or is like Brooklyn always going to be your home? Brooklyn's always going to be my home. You know, that's that's that's. Uh, I would say Brooklyn is what raised me. Um, Queens definitely has a, a special place in my heart. But um, to be honest with you, you know, during my younger my younger stage, I had moved around a lot with my mom. And uh, I pretty much ended up living in about four out of the five boroughs. Oh, for real? This is pretty cool. So I I guess, you know, when people ask where I'm from, most of the time I say Brooklyn, but I'm a a city kid at heart. Who who inspired you in terms of hip-hop? Like, who were your role models uh, growing up? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? So uh, Sasha was just asking, uh, who inspired you in hip-hop? Like, like who are some of your your favorites and some that have influenced you? Um, Okay, so my favorite rapper would definitely be Cassidy. That may or may not have changed, you know, over the past couple of years. But um, I'd say Cassidy and Jay-Z were my favorites growing up. To be honest, I I never really had a rapper that inspired me to write. Um, I started about four years ago when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to attend college anymore because of financial reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of just needed you know, some sort of way to channel my emotions into something positive and it ended up being music, which is something I've always loved. So I, you know, I sat in my dorm room one night and just, you know, wrote out my frustrations and uh, people told me I should take it seriously. And here we are. Yeah, no, for real, man. Like, yeah, that's something I kind of wanted to get into because, like, when I listen to your music, man, it's it's like nothing I've ever heard, man. It's some of the realest stuff. Like, uh, Like, for example, the song Everything I Am, like when I first yeah. heard it, that blew me away. What what can you tell me about that? Like how did that come about? Oh man, uh, everything I have. I mean, the title kind of says you know it says it all. Obviously, there was a little uh, Kanye influence there, mm-hmm. um, but not. It was more of the beat that kind of you know that that kind of I got I got attached to when I first listened to it. And um, one night, I just you know I sat at home and I was I pretty much just. Like, again, you know, it was me writing out my frustrations. That's really all it is. You know, it's it's 100% real. Uh, I talk about a lot of things in that song that I wouldn't really talk about with my friends or, you know, the people that I'm closest to in my life, you know. But um, music is my getaway, man. And I think it shows, you know, in, in a, you know, a verse or a song like that, you know, how much I put into it. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of honesty. But I guess at the end of the day, uh the, the good thing about it is that when people hear it, they know that they're not the only ones going through, you know, the, the downs of life. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. Because, like, like, you said specifically, like, you can't see this certain girl anymore because you don't have any new clothes to wear. I've been there, man. Like, that really, yeah. that hit home for me. I'm still there. <laughs> oh, yeah. What'd you say? I said I'm still there, sir. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. <laughs> You, you seem like you have a very good work ethic. Did you develop that from someone in your family, 
or is that something that you just created on your own? I'm sorry, I could like barely hear you. Okay. Uh, could you repeat that one more time for me? Yeah, here, I, I can. Um, his mic seems to be having an issue. Um, he said, you have like, you have a very strong work ethic. It reflects kind of in your music. And he wants to know if that was something that, you know, you got from like a family member or sibling, or was that something you kind of just developed with passion? I, I would say that, a, that it developed over time. Yeah. I mean, growing up, you know, my dad, he always kind of taught me to navigate through life as though no one was going to be there to help me. And so that's something that's kind of stuck with me being a child as I grew up, you know, starting with little things like when my mom, you know, she, my mom started making me do my laundry on my own at the age of like nine years old. Word. And so, you know, it started with like the small things, you know, like trying to carry my whole laundry bag by myself without asking for any any help. And, you know, now it's, you know, it's, it's kind of come all the way with me now where I kind of realized that, you know, unfortunately in life, you know, things are not going to be handed to us. And um, I think the one thing that a lot of people don't really get is that if you're not putting your all in, into what you do, and you literally don't make, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing, if you don't make it your life, then you're not going to succeed at it. And so, you know, I feel like a lot of people, we tend to get caught into in, in this mindset, whereas, you know, if I keep working hard or if I keep doing this and that, you know, eventually things will work out. But unfortunately, life, you know, those huge, huge curveballs at us, and that's just not the way it works out. And so I guess me keeping that in mind every day is, is what keeps me working hard. Knowing that I'm that there's a chance that I could I could fail at this is what motivates me to to work twice as hard. And see, I I love that you say that because I'm kind of like I'm in the same situation, different like field. Like I want to be a writer, I want to work in you know like the media and stuff, and I I gotta fight every day to get to where I'm at. And that's why like man, when I listen to your music, man, it, it I feel like it reaches me on that level. Like I get so fired up listening to your tracks, man. Like you. You like you erupt from the beat like it's crazy like I can I can taste how hungry you are, it's incredible. That's, that's awesome to hear, man. Thank you. I'm I'm really glad that you can connect on that level. Thank you very much. Do people get jealous of you? And because it seems like you have a real kindness, you have a real charisma uh, with your music and your videos. Do people get jealous of you? You get a lot of haters. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't get a lot of haters. I mean, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're as real as you can possibly be, you know, I don't put up any front or anything. I'm just myself. Um, I mean, I've definitely had people that have disliked me or people that may have heard a song that, you know, isn't the best representation of me. And so they tend to judge, you know, pretty quickly. But, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one to judge. So I wouldn't label someone a hater right off the jump because they dislike a song of mine or or something that I said, you know, I think there's a difference between a hater and someone just disliking a song of yours. So, um, you know, to be honest, I, I don't, I don't get too many haters. And if, and if I do have any haters, then, you know, hopefully I can, I can change the opinion of those, those people within the next couple of years. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good attitude to have. Some of your beats remind me of more San Francisco hip hop, uh, living legends and such. Did you do your producers and you have any influence from West coast hip hop? I'm sorry, could you repeat that question one more time? Um, so he, Sasha notices with your beats, they have kind of like a San Francisco hip-hop style kind of feel. And he was wondering if okay. you or your producers, uh, how are they influenced by the West Coast hip-hop? Um, not really. I mean, 
I know one of my producers, one of my favorite producers that I work with right now. He goes by the name of Cashmere, Cashmere Royale. He lives out in L.A. Okay. Um, but for the most part, my producers, uh, I would like to think is just really versatile, and maybe you, you know you're hearing some of their influences in, in the in the instrumentals that I that I'm on. Yeah, I could um, I could see that. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm pretty neutral from that standpoint. So the update is hands down my favorite song and (laughs) when i listen when i listen to it it just dude like man like when i listen to it i gotta do like 20 push-ups like i get fired (laughs) up like no for real like i listen to it sometimes in the shower if i'm having like a bad day just to like get fired up you know yeah like how how did what's the story behind that song oh man uh okay so as for my my writing process is very is very centered around whatever instrumental I give, and so I would say that the day that I got that beat from my producer, uh, he goes by the name of Diddy Broker, by the way. The day that I got the beat, I heard it, and it, you know, I guess the beat kind of made me want to do twenty plus ups, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And um, you know, it, it, it just brought a certain emotion out of me. I felt like at the time that um, because I wasn't releasing a lot of content, and um, and things like that. I was I was kind of just you know in that in that mode where I was I was feeling very underrated. Yeah. And I try to use whatever emotions I'm feeling, you know, good or bad. You know, I obviously try to put that out on the track, and and that's what came out, man. You know, you know, like you know, it's a very braggish type song, but uh, I like doing that sometimes. You know, that's the nature of hip hop. Yeah. And, uh, it was a, it was a really really fun track to make. Well, like I don't want to use the word like swag because it's not swag. It's better than that. You know, I feel like if I said swag, that would be like an insult. Like, it's <laughs> it's such a hard track. Like, and then you, so in your songs, like, I want to talk about this too. You you do this thing where, like, you rap, and then you just, you take it to, like, another level, you know, and you, like, you go faster. Like, oh, how did, yeah, 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 how'd man, that come I mean, about? So that's, that's just me knowing what I would like to hear from my favorite rappers. I think that an important thing in music is keeping the listener entertained. And so if, if, if I'm going to make a track, there's no way I'm going to keep the same flow on the whole track. I like to give my fans or whoever's listening something to listen, you know, something, something, something to look forward to in the song. And so in most of my songs, like I think a lot of my fans would say that they know that something special is coming towards the end. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely like to mix up the flow and then, you know, it just feels good when you're listening. So I know, you know, as a listener and a, a fan of music myself, it's really fun when you're listening to a song and then out of nowhere, you know, an artist just snaps and goes extra hard, harder than he usually would or whatever. Um, it's, a, it's a fun thing to hear. And so I just take after that, just being a fan of music myself, that's, you know, that's, that's how I come about that. Like, honestly, when I first heard it, I had to double check the song to make sure it wasn't someone else because it was almost like a split <laughs> personality. Like, you, you just, you fire. Like, I'm having to, like, rewind and listen, and, like, I'm, like, groupies hanging off the belt of hip-hop that's on my waist. Like, I'm listening to that, and I'm just, like, my mind is, like, just getting blown. Like, I'm serious, man. Like, I, I love hip-hop, dog. I've been listening to it, you know, for as long as I can remember, and you've got something really special going here. Like, this is... It's something I've never heard before. Like it's it's vulnerable, it's incredible, man. Like I I just I can't thank you enough for making the songs you're making, man. Man, I'm I'm truly overwhelmed by the compliments. But, you know, thank you so much. I mean, you know, a lot of the times 
I feel like some of my bars go over a lot of people's heads. Mm-hmm. And for you to, to say that you're one of the fans that actually runs, you know, that runs a song back after it's finished, that means a lot. You know, it means that you're that you're truly listening, uh, and I, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, I know how tough it is, man. It's got to be... It's got to be tough, like make. Well, like, what's it like being in New York trying to do what you're doing, man? What's it like being in New York? What? Well, what's it like being in New York? You know, trying to make it hustling the way you are, like. It's tough. It's extremely tough. But coming into this, I knew that it would be tough, so it's no surprise. And um, I think that a lot of artists in New York take the take the fact that we live in New York for granted, and so that's something that I, I really try not to do because you know living here. You kind of have everything within your reach. You know, you're in the place where where hip hop started. You know, so you have like the, you know a slight attachment to the roots. All the labels and, and the people that you would want to meet are out here. Rap showcases, rap battles, whatever it might be, anything you know that's that's involved in hip hop, you can pretty much find it out here, and it's really easy to do as a, as opposed to like a place like um you know just like a, a, a a foreign town somewhere up in Connecticut, you know, you don't really have, you know, the elements of hip hop that close to you. So I, you know, I just, I, I love being here and it's, and it's tough, but, um, I know that, you know, with my work ethic, I'll have no problem breaking through. Oh yeah, in, man. In yeah, man. You, you're going to make it like, just listening to your stuff. Like you're like hip hop's greatest secret dog. You really are. <laughs> Thank you, man. Like, I know, man, I'm not trying to swing from your balls here, man. I'm just trying to be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to be real. Like it, it's, I'm just trying to give you the, the the honesty that you give us, like on your songs. Like, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, another question I have is, so how come you don't curse? Okay, how come I don't curse? All right, so the first reason would be that um, I'm Christian. I was raised a Christian. All right. H- having said that, there there are times, you know, and and. <laughs> In life, where I do curse, if I feel like it's necessary. You better hope but your mom is not listening. The reason why I don't curse is because um, growing up, uh, I would want to listen to my favorite rappers while in the car with my parents. Oh, yeah. You know, a rapper like Cassidy, who curses a lot. And uh, unfortunately, my mom wouldn't let me listen because of the amount of curses that were in the songs. And so, you know, me growing up, you know, I, it's, curses were like the last thing I was listening to. I was listening to the delivery and, and the punchlines and things like that. But, you know, parents all they hear is is the negative stuff in music mm-hmm. so um i kind of took from that and i figured that if i'm going to do this then i might as well not curse in my music because i feel like there's going to be a fan somewhere one day who's going to want to listen to my music and in, in the car with his parents and i don't want to rob him of the you know the pleasure of doing so because i i curse in my music so you have to write like twice as much now compared to like rappers who curse huh what'd you say so, because you don't curse, you kind of have to write like twice as much. Because, like, I hear oh, a lot of man, ra- it's, it's it's tough sometimes, man. Cursing uh, it makes it makes things a lot easier. And so uh, I kind of have to adjust when I'm writing, but uh, I like the challenge, and I feel like it, you know it makes me a better writer. So, um, tell me a little bit about your writing process. Do you like kind of freestyle at first and then write it down, or what do you do? Like I said, I, I get the beat, and you know, from, from whichever producer. And I kind of just let the beat bring the emotion out of me, which is why I feel like uh, a lot of the times fans can connect, you know, to my music on such on such a deep level. It's because uh, I write to the beat a lot. Like I said, I get the beat and I just whatever comes out of me at the time, whatever emotion I'm feeling, I just go with it and uh, do the best that I can. 
Uh, yeah. Um, are you are you touring at all? Like, where do you perform? Like, where do you do hip hop? Okay, so music has taken me a couple of places. Um, I've had the opportunity to perform out in Philadelphia. I opened up for uh, the White Panda. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, they're, they're DJs. That was a great show. Huey Mac was also at that show. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I performed in, obviously, New York twice. I headlined my own show back in 2012, which was uh, pretty interesting and fun. I've also performed out in Delaware, uh, a couple of Sweet Sixteens in Connecticut. I had the opportunity of opening up for French Montana and Currency, also in Connecticut. Oh, Currency, that's cool. Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was probably about two or three years ago, back before they were as big as they are right now. Okay. So what what like what songs would you usually perform? Like, what what are your go-to's? So, performing has taught me a lot of things. It used to be weatherman all the time but um i've learned that i kind of have to cater my performances to the audience that i'm going to be performing in front of otherwise there'll be like a slight disconnect between me and the audience which is you know what i don't want yeah so um you know it really depends on on, on the crowd that i'm working with and uh sometimes you know i, I write songs specifically for performance purposes but um if you really want to know what songs i perform when i'm out you just have to come see me after the show <laughs> dope that's cool. That's what's up. So, um, do you ever get confused for Tariq Trotter from Black Thought? Uh, it's very rare, but it has happened a couple of times. I'd probably say it's happened like two or three times. But speak, speaking of that, it's funny you mentioned him because he, uh, he tweeted at me a couple of months ago. I guess he heard of me um, from a website that he's also, that he's also um, from a blog that he's also posted on. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, he hit me up on Twitter. It was pretty funny. And he actually uh, just told me that he really, you know, he enjoyed my music, that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty cool to hear. Uh, it's tough to get a compliment from another rapper. That's yeah. that's incredible. So um, who who does your film work on your video? It's it's very good. We, both Sasha and I, we work, in, uh, we work with cameras in our jobs. So, yeah, we were very impressed with the way your videos have been shot. Oh, th- thank you. Um, I guess th- that credit definitely goes to... My guy Hunter Lyon. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he, uh, he's all over the place right now. He's about he's 20 years old right now, and he's just he's absolutely killing it. He just graduated from the New York Film Academy about a year ago, and um, at such a young age, I, I really don't know anybody else better in the game than him right now. So I'm, I'm really, really, really glad and uh, fortunate to have him on my team. How long does it take for you guys to shoot and edit one of your videos? I'm sorry. How long does it take to shoot and edit one of your videos? Depending on the planning that we put into it, a shoot can take one day. I've had shoots take up to three or four days because of like weather and things like that. But uh, once the video's shot, uh, my guy Hunter could you know he can edit a video in a couple of days if he really needed to. Really? So I, I have a question about "Might as Well Confess" that specific song. Okay. What What's the story behind that song? How'd that come about? Might as well confess. Uh, I remember the night that I got the beat. Uh, again, that was around the time where I wasn't releasing too much content, and I was I was feeling a, uh, you know, feeling a, a certain type of way because I felt like people were kind of just forgetting about me, and I wasn't receiving the credit that I deserved. But uh, that was back when I, when I didn't, you know, I wasn't as aware of how important it is to release content. But um, yeah, I, I got that beat, and I, uh, I kind of just went off, man. I was in the zone. 
and um, I wanted to do something to really set me apart from from the people that I was being compared to at the time. Because at the time, you know, uh, that was around the time that Weatherman was out, and I was receiving a lot of blog loves. And I kind of got caught up in the frenzy of, like, the whole frat rap thing. And I wanted to really set myself apart and make it clear that that wasn't the lane that I was I was trying to go down. And so, um, Frat rap? Is that what you said? Yes, frat rap. Okay. So, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking of, of things that I could do. And uh, I was like, why not rap backwards? That, <laughs> it's that... something that's, that's literally never been done before. I mean, you do have the song Rewind by Nas. I don't know if you've ever heard that. but he, uh, Huge he tells Nas the story fan. Backwards, but he's not exactly rapping backwards. Yeah, yeah. He tells so, the story uh, backwards, but he doesn't literally rap backwards. Yeah. How, and, how did you do that? Uh, it was an interesting process, but I figured all I'd have to do is, is literally rap backwards and make the first word of every sentence rhyme. And uh, it was actually it was a lot easier than I thought it was. But um, that, was, that was a fun song to write. And I, I think that that song is, is really important and instrumental to my career because um, that was around the time that I, I I was really becoming comfortable in my own skin as an artist and really finding myself. As far as, like, you know, how I sound on the track, you can hear the confidence in my voice and things like that. And so I really, really enjoyed that track. So tell me a little bit more about that, finding yourself. So when you started rapping, like, you weren't, like, I'm sure you were kind of nervous starting out. You When did you feel like you kind of found your flow? Yeah, I mean... When 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 any artist starts out, um, me in particular, you kind of you're linear in the sense that you 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 try to make music like the people that you listen to. And so at the time, that was you know Drake and and J Cole and uh, Jay Z, Kanye. You can kind of hear that in a lot of my old music. And um, I guess you know somewhere along the way, you realize that you're not going to make it in this industry unless there's something different and something special about you. I think, I, I, you know, I definitely tried not to force it, and it, it, it came naturally, you know, along the way, and I just, you know, I, you know, a song like Might As Well Confess, the reason why I say it's instrumental is because after, you know, once I, once I hear it from a fan's perspective, just like you, I'm listening to it, I'm like, wow, this sounds really good. And so, you know, along, along the way, as I continued to make songs, I realized what sounded good and what didn't. And, um... You know that that's it, man. Wow. So, what was your first song that you ever made? The first song that I ever made? Yeah. Uh, the first song that I ever made was called "Fear." It was actually a cover to uh, to Drake's "Fear" back in uh, 2009. That was when I wrote that song. It was in December of 2009. Like I said, it was on a night when uh, I found out that I wasn't going to be able to continue going to college anymore because of financial reasons, and. Um, I just vented my frustrations out on that song because I, I really, really connected with that beat. And uh, I ended up posting, like, a little freestyle video on YouTube. And, you know, people people really, really enjoyed it and connected with it and, you know, told me to, to take it seriously. And did, I did. Were, were you nervous, like, putting something out there to be judged? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, was, I was petrified. But, um you know, I wanted to. I don't. I don't even know why I put it out. To be honest with you, I guess I just wanted. I wanted people to hear it. You know. Yeah. What What were you majoring in school before you couldn't go anymore? I was um, double majoring actually in math and engineering. Really, math and engineering. Yeah. So you're I good was at in math. A dual degree program. 
uh, in which I would have I would have stayed at my school for the first three years and then transferred to George Washington University to to finish out. But uh, things just didn't work out that way. Yeah, it often happens. But hopefully, you know, hopefully this will pay off. Like I I, I know it will. You you're so talented. Um, do you are are you planning at all on going back to school? Going back to school? Yeah. I am actually. I'm uh, actually right now. I'm, I'm I'm in the process of pursuing a full scholarship to an audio engineering school. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's an accelerated program uh, at a school called School of Audio Engineering out here in New York. Uh, and in about nine months, I pretty much know everything there is to know about things behind the mixing board with recording. And so um, I'm really excited about that because if I if I can lock in on a scholarship. I can start producing, you know, my own my own tracks and mixing and mastering my own songs and things like that. And uh, it would be a really exciting opportunity to be in school pursuing something where, you know, every class is catered around what you want to do in life. You know, whereas, like, you know, college can be kind of annoying because sometimes, you, you know, you end up in a class where you're just like, why the hell am I here and what is this going to mean six years from now? Oh, all the time. As someone who goes to university, yeah, that, I feel that way. Nine out of ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I know what you mean. So, how much time, like on average, do you spend working on music? I try to to work on it every single day. You know, as soon as I get out of work and I come home, it's you know it's what I'm looking forward to when I'm at work. Sometimes I even write, you know, as I'm at work, if I have the opportunity to pop my headphones on and, and write something, I do it. So what's your writing process like? Do you write on, like, paper, or do you write it out on your phone? Like, do you have a um, preference? I switch back and forth, you know, for a while. You know, when I first started, I was I was definitely on paper. And then I started typing my lyrics for, for a little while. Then I uh, switched to my phone. You know, I had a little notepad in my phone. And, you know, recently I've, I've taken it back to, to the roots and, and, and gotten back to writing on paper. There's something about it that's just uh, a really organic feeling, I guess. Yeah, I, I like to write, and I write majority of my stuff on paper. It's just it's a more intimate connection, and also it's kind of faster, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, what's your so being from Brooklyn, what's your opinion on Tupac? My, I mean, um, Tupac? Yeah, Tupac. He's, he's amazing, man. You know, I mean, there was... For me, there's like this 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 thing about Tupac that I feel like even the, the hugest Tupac fans, you know, there's like a side of him that people will just never really truly understand. Something that I'm never really going to be able to grasp. But um, he made really really powerful music. You know, there's there's like you know, there's lyrics of his and songs of his that that really that really stick out. You know, like you know he. One thing I guess I would. I would say I take after with him is, you know, uh, the things he chooses to talk about in his songs, you know, like talking about his relationship with his mom and things that he was going through at home with her. You know, um, that's something that, you know, I, I definitely take after in my music. You know, it, it, uh, his freedom and, and, you know, fearlessness on the track, is, it was amazing. You know, it's something that's really admirable. So how do you feel about, like, uh, Biggie? The whole thing with Biggie and Tupac, right? When people ask me, you know, you know, what are my top six, my top five rappers? Biggie and Tupac aren't even in my top five because I put them in just like a, a separate category. Yeah. I feel like they just, they were, you know, the ones who like just really started this whole thing, and um. The outliers. 
Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Biggie, obviously amazing. You know, he could do it all, freestyle, and just going in the, in the booth and and be fooling around and, you know, end up making a hit record. So much uh, charisma on the track, punchlines, just a, a, a whole bunch of things that, that I could take after as an artist, you know? My favorite rappers growing up were Boot Camp Clicks, Smith & Wesson and Black Moon. Did they, do they have an influence on you uh, growing up in Brooklyn? Um, yeah. I mean, any any artist that's kind of broke out of Brooklyn definitely has an artist has has an influence on me coming out of Brooklyn because it's you know it's it's one thing that you can you can learn from these guys is is image, toughness, things like that is is, is you know stuff that I've that I've taken after and there's just you know there's certain things that um certain quotes, you know, that I, that I take after, you know, from like Biggie or Jay-Z or Big L. These guys were just uh, creative geniuses. And I think that the the craziest thing about all of them is, is how different they were, how different they were from, from each other. And so um, I guess that kind of, you know, the, the, what influenced me, influences me about them is taking whatever I do and trying to be the first to do it, you know, taking pride in being very different from everybody else and, and setting myself apart. And um, the competitive nature also, wanting to be the best from where you're from. You know, not that that's something that I, I focus on, but, um, you know, I try to take certain things out of whatever it is that I see or hear. And so for me, it's about being the best that I can be. And if I happen to be the best from, from where I'm from, then so be it. But for me, it's, just, it's about being the best that I can be. I think one of your best strengths is your voice. How do you protect your voice? What'd you say? Uh, he thinks one of your best strengths is your voice, and he wonders, like, do you do anything to kind of protect your vocal cords, like, like you know, when you're not in the booth? Um, no, I'm actually not mindful of that at all. <laughs> I think my my best my best strength is definitely my writing ability. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I could agree with that. Your your voice is good though. You've got a really unique sounding voice like i i know it's you when i hear you you know that's that's awesome to hear man that that means that uh i'm doing well at you know coming into my own as an artist definitely are you are you a knicks or a nets fan i am a knicks fan but i do support the nets movement nice nice i want to ask you about you don't know me with mike stud yep so how did that collaboration come about when i finished writing the song I knew that I wanted to have another another person on it. At the time, Mike Stud was being posted on the same blogs that I was being posted on because of Weatherman and things like that. That's how I found out about him. And um, after following him for a little while, I kind of, you know, I kind of, I was I was growing to learn that he, the one thing that he was dealing with at the time was bloggers and writers saying that all he could do was make a party track, and so. I was like, this would be the perfect track for Mike Stud because he could, you know, this is like his, his opportunity to show that he can rap about real stuff, as, you know, also. And so um, I had my manager contact his manager, and he was down, you know, from the jump, which was great. And it was it was awesome working with him. It was, it was really fun shooting that video. He's a great person and um, a really, really talented artist. And, you know, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see how far this takes him. He's doing pretty well right now, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. The song itself, man, is it's it's a powerful st song, man. Like when you talk about like how you might not make it and about how maybe you yourself are the answers to all your own questions, like that was deep, man. Like what what where was your head at when you were writing that? My head was in the deep, man. You know, like it's it's uh 
I wanted to, every time I, I, I sit down and write a song, I kind of just want to take the listeners somewhere where they've never been. And so if, you know, the title of the song is You Don't Know Me, I want to talk about stuff that maybe I've talked about in, the, in other tracks, but talk about it in a way that I've never talked about it before. And so um, and on that track, it was about, you know, admitting to my fears and, and um, you know, the, it was about, you know, the conversations that I, that I have with my mom and things like that. You know, I kind of just wanted people to, to see that side of me. Wow. And uh, so uh, tell me about the song. You did a cover of uh, Let the Beat Build by Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I did. And uh, uh, some of the lyrics on there, like I've had to rewind a couple times just to listen to over and over. Like when you talk about um, uh, uh, you're used to coming in second place, you know, you got to keep to guessing. And then he goes, I don't know how I got here because I don't follow directions. Like when I yeah. heard that, like I was just like, "What?" Like you're like, <laughs> like you, you, you're so verbal. Like, do you do you read like a lot? Are you like do you like study words? Like, do you have a dictionary next to you? Like right now, like how do you how do you do that? How do you do it? I, I actually I actually don't <laughs> I don't have a dictionary with me right now. <laughs> and to be honest with you, the last book that I've read was probably Green Eggs and Ham by Doctor Seuss. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's you know it's just um I don't know it just comes man it's you know it's, it's a blessing it's a, it's a gift that I have that I'm you know I'm extremely grateful for and I, I you know again thank you for for noticing that so um uh, I guess I you could say I'm, I'm I'm well educated you know growing up yeah definitely um so do you have trouble listening to other rappers or do you listen to them because I know certain creative types they either like absorb the whole like their genre or they like kind of stay away from it. So the only time that I'm listening to other rappers is when I'm not deep in in my writing process. And so, like, right now, you know, I'm focusing on um, the project that's following the project that I'm, about to, that I'm about to release here to stay. And so any time that I'm, you know, writing towards something, I don't listen to any other rappers, um, let alone, you know, any other music at the time. I just, you know, I walk around with my playlist on my phone and it's all instrumentals because I want everything that I write to be organic and completely uh, Tariq, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, there are times, you know, where I just, you know, I take a step away from writing and I do listen listen to other rappers and, and other music for sure. Is there anyone specific? that I know you have, like, rappers that you like, but is there someone that you kind of listen to just to see what they're up to or... Not really. I mean, I I, I try to keep um. It's, Kanye West is is definitely somebody that I'm I'm always looking out for when the next Kanye song is dropping, and and Jay Z also. You know, those are the thing about those two. Why they're so special to me is because of the longevity of their of their careers. And mm -hmm. I think the one thing that they don't get enough credit for is remaining relevant for such a long period of time. I mean, we're talking like. 20 years, like Jay Z's greatest hits album is about to drop, and people don't even don't even realize that, and that makes me kind of feel kind of weird as I mention that. But you know, we're talking about 20 years of music, and so you know, when I hear an album from from Jay Z or Kanye, yeah, it might lack the subject matter and content that that uh, they used to have, but at the same time, I know that from an artist standpoint, it's really hard to to keep you know that that sort of subject matter and content you know years down the line. You know, like Eminem. Mm -hmm. What he's doing right now is, is pretty amazing. And having rapped about pretty much his whole life, you know, at the beginning of his career, it's like it's it's really hard to come up with new things to talk about. And so I feel like artists don't get enough credit 
for um, for coming up with stuff after you know such a long time. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point that I think you bring up. Like it's and that's kind of what I think the game's all about. It's not just enough to get in; it's all about staying there too. Exactly, exactly. And um, that's you know that's what my my upcoming project here to stay is all about. The title, you know, it says it it, it says it itself. You know, it's about um, you know the music that everyone else is making not everyone else but a lot of artists you know it, it tends to fade away with time but you know i like to think of my music as timeless and i like to think of myself as a timeless artist and someone who plans on being around for a long time you know people are still bumping you know reasonable doubt by by jay-z and college dropout by kanye and the beatles you know it's albums you know artists that are, are nowhere to be found you know what i mean and, and so I, you know, I kind of want my music to be like that years down the line. No, and I feel you. I've been listening to your music for, I think, over a year now, and it's still, like, just as good as the first time I heard it. So definitely Here to Stay and Timeless, those are great ways to describe you for sure. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. So um, how are you going to stay humble when you blow up, man? It should be pretty easy, you know. People always talk to me about this, about, you know, if I think I'm going to change or whatever. Um, and I honestly, I, I, that's not something I worry about at all. I think that, you know, artists change and, and, you know, and things like that when the roots of their desires are the things that they gain over time, you know, cars, women, fame, things like that. But, you know, those are not the kind of things that I'm after. For me, it's, it's just, um, music has always been a way, like I said, to, to, to express my, my frustration and, um, I'm trying to use it not to get, you know, women, fame, cars, and money, I mean, definitely money, because I want the money to, to, you know, have my family in a better place and to, to give us things that we've never had before. And then also to, you know, bless people around me. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's just like, it's just, so how, are you prepared for, like, the lifestyle of a musician? Like, would you be able to, like, travel and tour and do all that? Like, do you do you kind of keep that in your mind, like, when building like relationships and stuff oh yeah for, for sure man for sure i mean um for me you know the, the, the thing is a lot of people don't know that the music that i write you know this is it's i don't come from like a, a really happy place i have a you know i've had a, a pretty a pretty poor upbringing um financially and i mean like you know these records that i write you know i'm sitting on you know like the floor in my bedroom because I don't even have like a you know a bed at home <laughs> and so I'm just you know I'm sitting at home you know just writing out whatever I can and so you know for me it's like if I can write these kind of records and, and you know have powerful music in the place where I am now it's you know it's for me it's like imagine what I'm going to make when I'm in a, when I'm in a much happier place you know and I'm you know, I don't want to say happier but when I'm um when I'm in a situation where it's a lot easier to to write yeah. Cause right now, I you know I'm, I'm taking every bit of patience that I have left in me, and anything that I can dig up, any emotion that's you know that's what makes the music so powerful. So I you know I figure you know it's going to be a lot easier for me to to write a song when I'm on a road touring or something like that. In instead of worrying about paying your bills. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, I I'm totally I'm in the same position. Do you have any uh, advice to, like, you know, young students or young rappers, you know, kind of stuff that you wish you knew? To be honest, the one piece of advice, you know, and this might sound kind of cliche, but it's about not quitting. 
you know, the one thing about this game is that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And the ups are going to feel like heaven, man. It's going to feel like, you know, the best thing in the world. You, you, you know, you're going to feel like you're on top of the world. But when those downs come, it's about how you're going to respond during those downs. I've seen a lot of artists give up and quit and, and just completely turn on back on everything that, that they've worked on because of a, a time, you know, in, in their career where things were just getting a little hard. And I feel like the ones who succeed are the ones who stay focused. And, you know, you, you get even more focused during those downs. And if you can do that and you can pull out through those downs, then you can, you know, you can damn sure make it through the ups. Okay, okay. And, uh, Tariq, uh, we're about to wrap up this interview. Uh, could you please give me all of, like, you know, your links, your websites, your Twitter? Yeah, I mean, um, if you go to musicbytariq.com, everything's there. There's a link to my Twitter, my Instagram. Um, on Twitter, I'm just Tariq Trotter. On Instagram, I'm Tariq Trotter. Uh, it's pretty much the same all around. Perfect, man. Thank you so much. Um, this, inter- this interview will be available in a couple days. I'll send you the link. Once again, man, I'm just I'm really glad to finally be able to talk to you. Like this has been a really cool moment for me. I I, I wish you the best of luck, and I know you don't even really need it. I just want you to know, <laughs> dude, just just keep hustling at it, keep going, and keep making songs for me to listen to, man. Please. You got it, man. Thank you for the opportunity, and good luck to you with writing and everything that you're pursuing, also, man. Dude, I appreciate, it. and I would love to have you on. Like when here to stay is done, we can maybe do a little follow up, and uh, if if you. If you need anything, and uh, just let me know, man, and uh, I'll shout it out. I think you should come to the U, sir. We spend a lot of money bringing oh, course, rappers man. We'll in. We'll definitely be in touch, and I definitely uh, love to be on again. Yeah, definitely. And we would, we would love, like, man, I, I would love for you to perform here. Like, that would be amazing. Oh, one day, man, for sure. Yeah, one de- day soon, should I say. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you so much. All right, man, thank you. And that was the brilliantly talented Tariq Trotter. Thank you for joining us. I don't know why we had a mic issue with my mic, sir. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I apologize to our listeners. We'll have our engineers on that ASAP. Yeah, definitely. But you did good, sir. Now, Tariq did well. Yeah, no, Tariq did fantastic, fanboy. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> like, it's, I, I feel kind of embarrassed because here's the thing. like, I very rarely talk to, like, people i admire yes like it's very rare that i get the opportunity and like i respect and admire him a ton like just with what he's doing so yeah i i guess i guess i did come off kind of like a gushing little girl huh? you know what but you haven't done an interview in eight months that i know of yeah um i thought you did very well oh thank you i uh, hope i didn't pester you too much with me sending you questions over there no nah, you weren't they're, they're all questions i wanted to ask too so it was perfect um so what should we pop to break real well, quick? Oh, we have to go to break. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we are OU Radio here at KU Internet Radio at the University of Utah, and we appreciate all of you for joining us today. And with that said, we will be right back. I'm ABC4 Utah's Nadia Crow on KUTE Radio, radio for students by students. Becca, I met the most beautiful girl in the world today on campus. I so want to ask her out, but I'm flat broke. Can you loan me some money, please? Sasha, I could, but I'd rather see you mature and grow up. Save your money so that when you need it, you have it. Who's going to help me achieve that goal? 
The Personal Money Management Center at the University of Utah. At the Personal Money Management Center, they'll show you how to create a personalized budget, help you plan tuition and student loan payments, and even evaluate potential job offers. It's so tough being responsible. I think I'll give Personal Money Management Center a call. What's their number? 801-585-7379. If that's too hard, you can even check out their website at personal-money-management.utah.edu for more details. Financial freedom and a hot date are only a click away. Yeah. Speed kind of says it all, so I'm going to just go. People tell me keep my head up, it'll be okay And I just smile because there's nothing left for me to say Meanwhile, I'm really wishing that they keep away Cause no one truly understands the problems I hide deep away They playing checkers, my mind is thinking chess moves I'm trying to pause time so I can think about my next move Not only that, I'm also thinking about my next two I'll also be inside track by these pretty girls I'm next to If she really knew the weight of all my problems Would she still be staring at me as if she could help me solve them? I swear I'm losing it, I'm caught up in my thoughts It's like they show you how to get through life But still I end up lost And everything attained in life don't come without a cost So our emotions pay for every single lesson we are taught Trying to keep a smile in the midst of all my pain Is like trying to stay dry in the midst of all the rain I'm hoping I'm the only thing that still remains the same So my friends don't say I changed in the midst of all the pain But no one knows what tomorrow holds or who's to say So I'm thinking about tomorrow when I lose track of today Once I make get through this mess, I'ma be the one to blame, cause I did it on my own with little help along the way, this mixtape is my book, but I didn't put in every page, cause I didn't wanna talk about things like HRA, so I didn't tell you that my family got evicted, or that I completely ruined my relationship with my sisters, if I could speak to them, I'd tell them that I miss them, and say sorry that I didn't even send a gift on Christmas, it's like... I just wonder how I got here and how I'm supposed to fly when my whole world drops here. But just when I thought the storm was over, some close ones passed away, another burden on my shoulder. It's always ones that you ain't call as much as you were supposed to, yet you could find time to text people you ain't close to. Damn, so now I'm feeling type of shame While half the family's only hoping that the family's getting paid And things ain't quite merry when you can't afford Christmas Yeah, people asking me why I'm not smiling in my pictures If money talks, then I'm trying to sit and listen But if money says it all, then my pocket just whispers Cause even with financial aid, I can't afford college But a bachelor's can't teach you how to get through life's problems So I ain't even stressing that I can't afford knowledge It just means I find another stage and learn how to rock it My dreams walk ahead of me. I am just a shadow, either they are out of reach or I am just a tad slow. I'm a bad performer or my life is just a bad show. At least I get this weekly child support from my dad though. How come? Life don't listen when I ask first and even when I drive slow I can't avoid them fast girls. I was voted class clown and class nerd. I hope my songs are good enough for fans to hear the last verse. Pictures in my mind but I can't really describe them. Pills that I could take but the doctor didn't prescribe them. Problems tend to find me so I'm just trying to hide them my dreams try to log out so I keep my focus signed in music is my life and every bar is a tear I just hope the basement's loud enough to silence all my fears I've been through hell and back and only lived 20 years I got 80 more left so that explains why I'm scared my life is a movie but I wish I had two takes so I could from scratch with a new life and a new name 
It's like, I just need to find a new place Where roaches don't walk by me as if they were freaking roommates I set up dates with girls that I eventually postponed Cause I either got no money or I'm running out of clothes So now she disappointed or she crying back at home But little does she know that I've been crying all along And I should tell the truth because I know she'd understand But it hurts to say I'm broke so I pretend that I got plans But I'm just home hoping that she'll find a better man That could take her out to dinner and put diamonds on her hand Everybody got problems, why complain about mine? I'll just put it in a song and then I'll make it all rhyme I'm trying not to rush cause I know things come in time I'm just waiting for the whole world to be mine When you try hard, you die hard Yeah, I hate you easy, but I'm going hard regardless Cause since when is dying easy? Tell me, do y'all feel me? Nah, y'all can't hear me. And welcome back. This is All Ute Radio. I am Sasha Bloom. Over there is Big Mickey, Jonathan McKeon. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. All right. I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm kind of just thinking about everything me and Tariq just talked about. We don't do all right here at All Ute Radio. We do fantastic here, sir. Yeah, that is true. This is a happy radio show. No more doom and gloom. Sir. <laughs> Notice I didn't call you that today. Yeah. I retired doom and gloom. Don't worry. You know why now, sir? Why? Because I can cut your mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, our positions have switched. I used to run the board. But now that I'm just the executive producer, Sasha, he's my man on the ground. So he runs it. Um, I just, uh, I would like to just mention one thing. Like, uh, if you want to find Tariq Trotter, you can follow him on Twitter at Tariq Trotter. Uh, you can go to his uh, web webpage, which is musicbytariq.com, and I just want to thank him again for coming on. Uh, it was a, a really big thrill for me. I Sasha gave me the option with filling in to like choose like whoever I wanted to have on the show, and I chose him specifically because I've been wanting to talk to this guy for well over a year now, and I'm very grateful to you, Sasha, and to KU and to Tariq for letting me do that like I I'm very grateful he was a delight I, I often say this about all our guests who come in we we seem to get some great human beings you brought Tariq into my life about eight months ago six months ago and uh 
he's fantastic and I hope that we get to build a relationship with him as he goes forward because I know that what is that I don't I don't know it what is that hmm, there we go what was that that was doom and gloom radio Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no so big thank you to Tariq you're fantastic he's a humble man continue doing that sir because there's nothing stopping you yeah huge talent huge talent I'd also like to thank you know Chris Holyfield for having me on his show. Um, if you don't know, he interviewed me on the I Am Salt Lake podcast. You can find it at IamSaltLake.com or on the Facebook page. You can search it. It was an incredible experience. I it was also like a kind of like a bucket list moment, honestly. And I know I said that on the show, but it's like it was cool. Like you know he he's one of the best podcasters out there, and it's it was great to be you know involved with that. And to be a part of it. And he's a great co-host on All Ute Radio. Yeah, he he's was. co-hosted, yeah. what, three, four shows? Yeah. And I imagine he'll co-host again. Definitely. You know, we're, we're teammates here trying to build Salt Lake City up with great content. Who do we have on Thursday, Mr.? Uh, Thursday we have uh, Ron Stallworth, yes. author of Black Klansman. He was an undercover police officer who infiltrates the KKK and gets to the point where they almost want him to be the Grand Marshal Wizard, which is like the the top position. It's an incredible story. It was number three on Amazon's bestseller list. Uh, it's currently being adapted into a feature film in Hollywood, California, and there's also a documentary that they're building around Mr. Stallworth as well. Uh, I've had the pleasure of talking to him a couple times. He is an incredible man, very well-spoken. I am so excited to hear that interview and that will be with you sasha and uh miss emily what was her name emily means yes emily means who i've heard good things about her as well she's better than good sir she's she's got a work ethic she's got a great charm she's a brilliant writer and she's uh she can use words she's <laughs> she can use words <laughs> She's good at words. She's good at that wording thing. I'm like big dummy She's over here. She's good at words. I, I just, I just saw your brain deflate. Like yeah. I wish I had that recorded because you just, you sit there and you're just like. Uh. So I got two enormous computers in front of my face, and then I'm sitting with a dumb phone in my hand. Yeah, you are. And I get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's, there's a lot going on. No, most definitely. Um, uh, mention that Cooper Van Heusen thing tomorrow too. I don't want to forget that. Tomorrow, eight in the morning. Join me, Cooper's parents, and many supporters and people in media at the state capitol in Utah. Uh, we'll be there uh, listening, getting support, rallying for Mr. Cooper Van Heusen. If you have not, uh, if you know nothing about the case, go to KUteRadio.org, go on the On Demand under Talk Radio, and you'll see an episode that says The Prison Story of Cooper Van Heusen. It's an important one if you're a human being and you're an advocate of human beings not being mistreated even when they make uh, grievous mistakes and violent mistakes because, you know, one instance changes a life forever, but you, they can still become good human yeah. beings after that mistake. And, you know, there has to be a, a, a line drawn, and I feel like this is on the wrong side of that line. Like, what that kid's going through far the, the the punishment exceeds the crime in my opinion yeah i do too it's right it's yeah. right there on that line though but but here's the problem is all other four co-defendants got jail time and he being the youngest of all of them got prison time yeah exactly that doesn't make sense not at all 
and there is an injustice there and there's a lot of stuff that I stayed off to about the judge of that case which if anyone is a real serious journalist I don't care what outlet you're from I don't care what state if you have an interest in breaking a big-time political story in Ogden hit me up um, radio at gmail.com you know or get a hold of get a hold, I'm not hard to find I'm out there so yeah and then uh, please follow me at Johnny McCann J-O-H-N-N-Y oh, wait, wait hold on hold on hold on <laughs> let me uh, get back here listeners get ready for the greatest man at doing <laughs> this thing so. okay 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 Hey, I'm Johnny McKeon, executive producer of Old Ute Radio. If you or someone you know is interested on being on the show, please do not hesitate to text me, call me, message me at Jonathan A. McKeon, M-C-K-E-O-N, at gmail.com. That's Jonathan A. McKeon at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Johnny McKeon. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a nice day. You missed Instagram. You missed uh, your Grinder app. Come on, I really uh, want to Well, I'm, I'm Johnny McKeon on everything. So I'm Johnny McKeon on Snapchat. I'm Johnny McKeon on Instagram. I'm Johnny McKeon on Twitter. I'm Johnny McKeon on Facebook. I'm Johnny McKeon on JohnnyMcKeon.com, <laughs> which I'm, I'm working on at the moment. I'm web designing it. But it's Johnny McKeon at Johnny McKeon on JohnnyMcKeon.com. But well, oddly, I don't have the email, Johnny McKeon. Someone else got it, sadly. I like that. Yeah, so it's Jonathan A. McKeon. And the A stands for Arthur because I knew you were wondering. Oh, that's not what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, playing uh, co-host today. It was actually a tremendous pleasure to see you and broadcast with you, sir. It's always one of my funnest times. It, it, it feels good to be back. I, I don't know. I've done more radio in two weeks than I've done in like the past eight months. So it's interesting being back. It's interesting having this dynamic because you think you remember, but. You don't. You know, once you get in here in the studio, like, it felt weird. Like, I felt rusty at the beginning of the show. I'll be honest, I did. And it took me a minute to kind of find my feet again. You got big feet. I got big old feet. <laughs> Size 13 shoe. If you want to send me some shoes, send them to Johnny McKeon at gmail.com. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, oh, for that matter, if that's just going to be how we end this damn show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sasha, it feels really good to be back. I, I can't thank you enough. And I can't thank you enough for working with me. I know it hasn't been easy, you know, with me having to take that time off and me taking more of a reduced role with the show as the executive producer. I really, I really appreciate you being here in the trenches doing this every day. You, you are one of the best people I've ever worked with, hands down, in any field. You are the most reliable, dependable. Like, if you say 530, I know you'll be here 525. You know what I mean? I know that. I know that in my bones. I know that like water is wet. I know that like the sky is blue. And I cannot thank you enough for being on this journey with me. I mean, you got me involved in KU. You got me involved at ABC. Like you, I just, I appreciate you, man. And I love you like a brother. Real talk. Well, my mother bred me with big shoulders and I stand on the shoulders of giants and I certainly let great human beings stand on my shoulders. So without you... I'm nothing here on this campus, and without the great collective of the student and the faculty and the staff, we're nothing here. So we here at KU Internet Radio, especially OU Radio, uh, we encourage all of you to never give up on your goals. If you're unhappy with your love life, your relationships, 
your work, your career, you want to do something better, well, do it. There's no one stopping you. P figure out what you want to do. Decide you're going to do it. And work harder than anyone you've ever met. Work harder than at any moment you've ever worked because this great body of ours on planet Earth can endure more physical and emotional abuse and work than you could ever take it to. So with that, we'll see you Tuesday with the beautiful Emily Means as my co-host. Johnny McKeon, keep broadcasting brilliance over at KTVX, KUCW. You guys do a good job over there. I watch you guys all the time. And uh, tell Kim Fisher, I said, what up? Yeah, well, yeah, check out Channel 4. Uh, we, we do news over there like no one else. It's good stuff. Channel 4. Yes. Yep. Mazel, mazel. Mazel. Shalom, shalom. <laughs> shalom, lechem. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> that's, that's all I know. <laughs> Thank you. Just cause it's Facebook official Girl, I know you wait too well The pain you felt is something I can never take back And I know I gave you hell The day we fell, things got real rocky ASAP I admit I broke down, couldn't slow down Had thoughts racing, I lost pace And got caught chasing those old days Now I'm back here in my old way Saying, don't so far away, far away Cause I'm so right here Don't look so far away, far away Say it's never too late, lies I find it funny how I'm never on Time like you're looking in every direction but mine And I flex as a pride but I'm stressing inside Should've fought for you but I stepped to the side And let you get cuffed by this mess of a guy That I know you said a four cause at best he's a five Pause, pause, pause of course I'm hitting cause I'm caught side waiting while the same gets a shot with the ball I drop And you would never know that it hurts if it weren't for this verse cause I keep it all locked in And all I'm left with is one regret is your broken heart still the way I left it For the record I sent that message for reasons that I still not accepted One being that I'm not over you, two being that I'm not over you Three being that I gotta live with the fact it's a rap cause it's something that I chose to do I broke down, couldn't slow down, had thoughts racing, I lost pace and got caught chasing those old days Now I'm back here in my old way saying I told you so far away, far away Baby, don't 
shit, I'm riding. Everything I've known, we've grown, she's thrown. Baby, don't get it. All this shit, I'm riding. Everything I've known, we've grown, she's thrown. Baby, don't get it. All this shit, I'm riding. Everything I've known, we've grown, she's thrown. Baby, don't get it. All this shit, I'm riding. Everything I've known, we've grown, she's thrown. I'm talking to you, baby. Call you crazy, now I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy. I'm talking to you, baby. I've been thinking about you.